Why, hello there. You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I'm your host, Amy. This is the podcast where we only put out aesthetic vibes. There are too many bad vibes in the universe, so this podcast is dedicated to turning that around and spreading all the positivity. This podcast will focus on all types of relevant and irrelevant topics. Sometimes we dive into the deep and meaningful, and other times they're completely meaningless. But one thing's for sure, you will walk away with a really aesthetic vibe. And I hope I can empower you to build a really aesthetic life. week's podcast where I'm going to tackle the complexities of making and maintaining friendships as adults. I will conclude with a little interview where my husband will ask me some random questions. Let's do this. So the question in my mind is, why is it so hard to make friends as adults? As kids, we literally walk up to other kids, play, and then become friends. We might ask, will you be my friend? Usually the answer is, yep. (laughs) We generally play with anyone. Uh, We rarely see faults in people. And we'll be friends with just about anyone. Yet, as adults, um, and possibly better communicators, we don't seem to make friends easy. Um, It also seems like our friendship circles are rapidly changing. We have those friends who are getting married, having kids, buying houses, and other friends who are doing the opposite. Depending on where we align with our friend group, we may see less of the friends who are not on the same wavelength as us. I read an article on friendships and the complexity of making friends as adults and Red Cross conducted a recent study where it was identified that 9 million adults in the UK are often or always lonely with the study declaring a loneliness epidemic. In the same study they actually said that two people need to spend 90 hours together to become friends and 200 hours to be close friends. So how do we make friends? It's damn hard. And it usually comes down to work, physical or other activities such as kids sports, dog parks, the gym or even the shops. But it's incredibly hard to connect with like-minded people. Making friends at work has always been a little bit of an odd one to me. I think this comes back to episode two where I spoke about the topic of selling your soul to the corporate world. In that podcast, I spoke about being your authentic self. Very briefly, we are often told to come to work as our authentic selves. Yet, when we present in that form, it doesn't necessarily always meet corporate expectations. And we're often encouraged to be someone else. Someone, the organisation, deems appropriate. So, if I'm somebody else in my working environment, 
How can I make friends? Because I'm presenting as someone that really isn't me. I've always been pretty cautious when it comes to letting people too close to my personal life in the workplace. I was always told the best people in the corporate world are those who have no emotions. And that's been something that's been said to me many, many, many times. So for me, I've always ruled work out. Other activities are probably the way to go. But for super busy people, these other activities aren't usually possible. I remember maybe four or five years ago when I was completing my PhD, I didn't even have a spare moment to myself for about four years. I barely had time to sleep. So it becomes next to impossible to even squeeze these other activities into the average day. So the question that poses itself, how do you possibly make friends when you're too busy? Add to that the complexity of being an introvert. Let's pause and let me provide a little bit more information. As part of my PhD, I examined personality profiling as a tool to create a high-performance workplace in corporate environments. I like to think, I know a little bit, a little bit about personality profiling. So let me just start with, I want to properly define introverts and extroverts. The myth to squash is, they don't mean shy and outgoing. For some bizarre reason, the vast majority of people seem to think the terms introvert and extrovert are shy and outgoing. Couldn't be more wrong. Where you sit in the introvert and extrovert scale comes back to how you obtain your energy. Introverted people gain energy from being in their own company. They enjoy doing tasks they find fun. Could be reading, painting, but generally it's by themselves. Or with a pet, because pets can't speak. Or maybe with one other person who's extremely close to them and they feel very comfortable around. Whereas extroverts obtain their energy from being around people. Spending time with friends and family in a social environment is a huge source of energy. They love things like team sports, and these are excellent activities for extroverts. The introvert and extrovert view is in fact a scale. You sit somewhere on this scale. So think of it like this. Introvert could be far, far left, and extroverts are far, far right, and there's a straight line connecting the two. You will sit on that scale somewhere. So there's parts of both in all of us. This might come as a complete surprise, but I'm highly introverted. So much so, I can spend a lot of time alone and never have the desire to see anyone. I sit about 95% introverted, which is a little unusual. It's quite high on the scale. So how does an introvert make friends when they prefer their own company? Welcome to my conundrum. The toughest part of being an introvert is that you really do need to push yourself to step outside of that comfort zone. My husband really helps me do that a lot. Once I'm outside that little comfort bubble, my energy levels will be consumed and fast. So we might spend three hours visiting friends and family and my husband leaves, he's bouncing off the walls. I leave, jump into the car, I can usually fall fast asleep. And if we go back to the topic of the corporate world, when you're an introvert, 
and you're being encouraged to be an extrovert. You go to work each day and you put on that persona that I spoke about earlier, that different person, that person that the corporate environment is seeking. For an introvert, you're putting on a mask. It's all learned behaviours. Oh my God, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. So it becomes more and more difficult to make friends. I'm also conscious of a comment that was made to me many, many years ago when I was in high school. Uh, That was a long time ago, by the way. (laughs) I was told, your friends are a reflection of you. This comment's always stuck out in my mind. So ideally, your friends should be people you want to be around and people you respect and look up to. I was told that you can be judged by the people you have in your life. But you know what? Judgment can fuck right off. We don't do judgment here on this podcast. So I'm throwing those comments away. So let's say we do manage to overcome all of those barriers and we make some friends. The next factor comes into play, and this is value versus non-value-add friendships. If I were to define a valuable friendship, it would be where you connect with someone on a deeper level, but you can also have those light moments and you love spending time together. You can trust this person. You know this person has your best interests at heart, and it's two-sided. These are the types of friendships that are real and rare. If you've got one of those, keep a hold of it with two hands. I've found in the past that the lesser quality friendships are usually the ones where competitiveness is found. One thing for me that completely does my noodle in, and by noodle I mean brain, (laughs) is competition between friends. And I'm not talking healthy competition. I'm talking the type where your friend is constantly trying to outdo you with things. You ran two kilometers? Well, they ran five. You purchased yourself a new handbag? Well, they did too. And it was two times the price you paid. You got a promotion? Well, same. And I got more money. You finished a degree? Well, I'm doing it too. And I'll do it faster than you. And it's usually the stupidest shit as well. In my mind, friends should have each other's backs. They shouldn't be trying to outdo each other. A true friend should stand in your corner and cheer you on with all of your accomplishments. And vice versa. I think the idea of competitiveness comes from people and their view on success. So let's start with the idea of success. What I deem as successful might be completely different to you. So how can we truly compete? You're comparing apples to bananas. Everyone has a different life path and journey. Just because someone did something faster doesn't detract from actually doing the damn thing. Where I think a lot of people go wrong is with this mindset that success is limited. It's going to run out if a friend has done the same thing. Newsflash. There is absolutely enough success to go around, however you have defined it. The world isn't going to just run out one day because a friend has done something. There is enough to go around. So for me, competition is completely a waste of time, energy and effort. I give that a hard pass. 
I think this line of thinking really feeds into the whole matter of toxicity in relationships. And this warrants an entire podcast episode of its own. So let's not even go there. I've got too many thoughts and this will be a podcast that's never ending. One-sided friendships are another area of concern for me. A friendship should be equal, both giving, both taking. Where a friendship becomes a concern is when I find the person constantly talking about themselves, usually on and on about how wonderful they are, when the person has no clear interest in the friendship, or where they're just completely lazy, Um, so they might only talk to you when they've got nothing better to do. Again, I'll take a hard pass on one-sided friendships. Thank you! So not only is it difficult to make friends, but it's difficult to make good quality, meaningful friends as we become older. I've tried friendship apps. So far, questionable. Um, not sure that I'd recommend. There seems to be a lot of time wasting. Uh, so a lot of, hi, how are you? How's your weekend? How was your week? What are you up to? What's going on? Um, and then the, the conversations are quite superficial and they seem to fizzle out. It's almost like the natural conversation ends. Um, or you get these people that are asking you, before they even say hello, obscure questions about, you know, what, what was your favorite cuisine that you ate five years ago and uh, where was it? And you're kind of there going, huh? Say what now? If that's how friendship apps are, I could only imagine how terrible dating is on dating apps. We focus on life. We do things we enjoy. And we have an open mind when it comes to the people we meet each day. We don't force it. We keep our minds open and focus on being that value-add individual in the friendships we form. We steer clear from the crazy ones and we keep those ones around that matter. We do stuff and friendship will inevitably follow. We show confidence. We show passion. We're bold. We put ourselves out there. We ask questions and engage in active listening. I often think about people who are desperately looking for their person. So their partner, their life partner. And one thing that was said to me, uh, which really rang true, was um, the moment that you start to focus on yourself, that amazing person will come into your life. And I believe that with friendships as well. So once you are focusing on you, improving the type of person you are, doing things that you love, those friends will come into your life. I think we come back to the thought process I had from the very first podcast. And that was the delete, block and move on mentality. If we find the friendships we have are poor quality or making us feel miserable about ourselves, we need to take back our power. Peace is the most important element. Friendships shouldn't be hard work. They should be valuable, fun and easy. Life is filled with too many hard things. Friendships shouldn't be one of those. I think it all really comes back again to curating our lives, picking the best people, adding those to our circle. 
keeping those not-so-great ones out of our circle. And this is something that takes time and shouldn't be rushed. The most positive thing that we can take away is it's not impossible and it'll happen when we're living life. We're living the day today. And hey, ever looking for a friend? Drop me an email. Drop me an email and we can have a great old chat. As with every podcast, we like to close with a bit of a lighter segment. So my husband's here today. Hi, Sean. Hi, everyone. He has some questions, some get-to-know-you questions. I'm not sure what to expect, uh, but let's go. Fire them off. Okay. The first one, a bit of a funny one. So you need to choose who you'd kiss, marry, or kill. Uh, Tupac, Biggie, or Easy e I would kill Easy e Go on. I would kiss Biggie and marry Tupac. You sauce. And it's usually on like a creme fraiche base and it has to be thick, thick crust. Okay, the next one. Let's let's delve back into your past, okay? Oh god. What is your most embarrassing high school crush? Like a real person or a like just a random like celebrity or something? Oh, I'm going to go like a 90s celebrity. Who are you crushing on? Um, that's easy. Taylor Hansen. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Why? Like the Hansen. Come on. <laughs> Couldn't it be any more obvious? Is that what you expected me to answer? Well, I didn't even know. I just totally forgot that you're obsessed with them through like your whole childhood. But Paul McCartney was also on that list because I was obsessed with the Beatles too. So Paul McCartney was a bit of a crush for a while. Yeah, 40-year-old Paul McCartney. <laughs> I know, when I was like 16. <laughs> if you could possess one talent, what could it be and why? I don't think I need any more talents. I'm I'm extremely, t- <laughs> I'm extremely talented. Uh, no, I, um, oh, I don't know. I'd probably wish that I didn't give up playing piano because I think I'd be actually quite good at this point in my life. Okay, piano. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you would because you bought me one for Christmas a couple of years ago. <laughs> And it got played for like 30 seconds. No, it wasn't by choice though. I had arm injuries. So back off, pal. If you had the attention of the world for 30 seconds, what would you say? Fuck the police. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's straight to NWA. Um, I don't know. I would say oh, there's not much that I'm actually <laughs> really passionate about, to be fair. Um, I'd say uh, 
like, I don't even have an answer for that one. I really don't have an answer. What would I say? I'd say stop people trafficking. I don't know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll stop trafficking people. 30 seconds over. <laughs> Okay, let's 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 move to a bit of a lighter one. Tell me what your earliest 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 memory is, like the first thing you can remember from being a child. I remember when I was really really young and we lived at a house like uh West Sydney and I used to pretend to be a teacher and draw on a chalkboard and my mum would sit out back with me. And I'd like write words and teach words. And I was really young then, like super, super young. Like I would have been seven or eight. But look, if you asked me, what'd you have for dinner last night? My answer would be, hey, Sean, what did we have for dinner last night? So (laughs) it's fair that I don't remember too much uh, because I can't remember yesterday. Can I just say like my earliest memory? Uh, Yeah. So we got a new puppy and every time he steals like a sock or anything like that, you basically just look at him and know that he's just going to run around the house and you're not going to try it. Like you basically have to dive on him to get it back. So I clearly remember at like the age of four or five, or probably a bit older actually, is my dad chasing me around the whole upstairs trying to get me. I don't know what I'd done wrong, but I was just sprinting laps around the house and he was sprinting laps around the house. Like he didn't even go the opposite way to try and cut me off in a corner. I'm like, <laughs> how did he do this? Like we, we must have ran for minutes. Anyway, so that's jogged my memories, like my earliest memory of my dad chasing me. He probably had a belt in his hand actually, oh! thinking about it now. <laughs> Um, do you want to know one of the first things I remember you telling me that's always stuck in my head? Yeah, go ahead, go. I remember you said that you used to have a budgie and someone left tin foil out and the budgie ate the foil and it died. So Sean's like really, really conscious whenever there's foil around the animals because he's like, yeah, it killed my budgie. On Christmas Day. <laughs> It was literally Christmas Day. Like, we had all these presents wrapped in, like, this cellophane foil wrapping. And Cosmo, Cosmo, my budgie, was, like, helping us unwrap. And the next minute, it was like a volcano of blood coming out of its nose and mouth. And we were like, Cosmo. I've never... I can't can't believe we're talking about... Poor Cosmo. My Cosmo. Now, I thought that was going to be lighthearted, but it kind of turned a bit morbid. <laughs> Let's write it. I want to know what your theme song is when you step out of the car wherever you go. Like, what is your personal theme song? Congratulations, Post Malone. <laughs> or uh, Juicy by Biggie. Uh, or um, California Love by Tupac. No hesitation. I went straight in. Yeah, nice. Okay. 
Fair enough. I kind of knew that was coming. <laughs> I want to talk about one of your favourite topics. Yes. And how much you believe in them. Yes. Tell me what you think of horoscopes. I don't think we should go any horoscopes. I really don't. Um, funny you ask that. I went off on a tangent last week uh, when I was lecturing uh, the students in my course, uh, blowing up about horoscopes and how I don't believe in them and I hate it when people use them as personality traits. Uh, I really don't believe in it. I really don't believe that just because you're born around the same time as someone else that it can really identify who you are as an individual. And I hate the way people use it as personality traits, i.e., oh, I'm so uh, focused on attention to detail because I'm a Virgo. No. Wrong. <laughs> you're probably a jerk, and I can say that because I'm a Virgo. And you can be a jerk. <laughs> exactly. But I don't think it matters when your parents... Let's not go there, please. Back away. Step aside. Okay, let's move on next. Let, let's move on the next one then. What are some of your must-have friend qualities? Like your, your things that you look for in a friend. What are, what are they must-have? For me, it's probably the ability to have conversations that range from deep and meaningful through to completely meaningless, which is the focus of this podcast. Um, I think also honesty is a big one. I don't like it when people lie, like little white lies. I kind of find that stuff some of the most frustrating, um, down to like really small things around, you know, just stupid stuff. I hate that. Um, so if someone's lying... Nine out of ten times, I'm going to notice because you've said something in a different conversation and most of the time for me, I can't be bothered calling you out because who cares? I just kind of go, well, would a true friend lie? Probably not. Um, so I think being there when you're needed at those moments where you really need a friend and knowing that you can rely on someone. So um, being there is one. I also like friendships that don't require a lot of energy and effort. And I don't mean that in respect of, you know, you kind of just have a disregard for the friendship, but I more so mean the friendship is easy. You're not constantly having stupid conversations or immature conversations um, and you're not constantly trying to work at something. I just, I truly believe that friendships should be easy. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, nice. I agree. That's really good. Something low maintenance, I think. Yeah, I think that's the key. Low maintenance. And it's great to have friends that you can spend lots of time with. You can put the friendship aside, like focus on something else, and then come pick it up again, that friendship, and it still be the same and that person picks it up with you and there's no issues or concerns and there's no where were you for two days or where were you for a week um the person kind of understands yeah we're busy we do things um and we just pick that friendship up naturally righto so i know that one of your biggest passions uh, in life and one of your biggest hobbies is like music listening to music and all that what I think I want to know, and I think what everyone else wants to know is, how many concerts have you been to? One. 
What's your favourite concert that you've been to? And what concert that you've missed is your biggest regret? (laughs) You already know the answer to this. We've been to a lot of concerts. Like I'd say, how many do you think? Like 50, 60? More? Yeah, I I don't think it's anywhere like 100, but I definitely think it's like at least 50. Yeah, a lot. Um, But we kind of go to like a specific genre of music because we we really enjoy hip-hop and R&B. So we go to a lot of those concerts. Um, my most favourite was uh, FOMO. We did FOMO two years in a row, which is uh, Fear of Missing Out. And uh, each year they hold it um, kind of close to where we live, about five minutes, and it's down in this park that's kind of um, set below the road level. So you kind of have to go down into the park and then they put a big stage up there. Um, and the first year we went there, um, it was actually really, really good. Uh, we saw Post Malone. We actually specifically went for Post Malone. And he was really, really shocked and surprised with the volume of people that were there for him. I don't think he realized at that point that he was as big as he was. And, um, you know, there's a couple of funny clips of him that he's just like, I don't understand why all these people are here. I don't get it. Um so that was probably the best. Um, the following year we went to FOMO again um, and we saw Shrem Life and who else was there? Who was the headliner? Nicki. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Uh, and I don't remember any of that. So Sean was like, let's do shots of vodka before we leave. Um, I literally remember doing the shots. I remember walking through the gates and then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, what happened? And then I opened my handbag. I'd lost my license. (laughs) I was like literally a shell of myself. And we're trying to track down my license for literally 24 hours. Um, And the one that I really kick myself that we missed, there's two. Um, Swedish House Mafia, when they uh, kind of broke down the group and went their own ways and that would have been many years ago now because they've they've obviously come back together um but the other one I can't remember what the festival's name was but Skrillex was headlining and my appendix ruptured so we had to actually sell our tickets Uh, I probably kicked myself the most around missing Skrillex because I'm, I'm a big fan um, but we did see Diplo, who played a lot of their joint songs. What is your worst habit? Uh, I'd probably say leaving coffee cups around the house. Leaving every bit of dish, like dishware around the house. Like I'll wake up and I've been at work and there's just on the side table in the bedroom, like three dishes, three glasses. And then... I go downstairs and just, just like at least 10 centimetres on top of where the dishwasher is, there's just empty glasses. It's just sitting on top. And I open up the dishwasher and put them in. I know, but it's just so much easier to put them on top than the top of the bench. You're just creating work. (laughs) I'm just creating rework here. You're doubling up. I thought you were supposed to be a productivity expert. Mm, That was a previous life. We're now focused on other things. Okay. Look, that's all I've got. Um... On, in terms of the questions, that was that was pretty funny. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, 
thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully that's given uh, everybody a little bit more of insight into who I am. Sean will be back. We've got a couple of episodes that we're going to do in the future. Um, But thanks for dropping into my recording studio, uh, which is my beauty room with the door shut. (laughs) So thank you for being here. We appreciate you commuting. it's, It's so sound protected. There's clothes everywhere. There's not clothes everywhere. I've got, um, what do you call it? Uh, what is that? That's like an external closet thing. I don't know. What do you call it? It's just a clothes rack. Yeah, but it takes up like an entire wall. And there's how many of them? A lot of them. And then on the other side of the room, I've got jewelry shelves, a makeup station, shoe holes, and then I've got cupboards and stuff in here. So yeah, there's lots of stuff in here. It's quite tidy. It is quite tidy, I will say. I've done quite a good job of not trashing the place. There's a lot of recording equipment, but yeah, thanks for dropping into the studio. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week. Oh, bye now. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's topic where I reflected on adult friendships. Join me next week when I unpack the topic of things I would tell a younger me. And I'm going to share with you my plans should we experience a zombie apocalypse. I have it all planned out and I'm looking forward to sharing with you my survival strategy. In the meantime, let's hang out on social media. Hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod or drop me an email at Aesthetic Vibes Podcast at Outlook.com. Until next time, bye!